It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 80, for the week of July 17th, 2014, we're taking you back to those golden days of high school. Yes, think back to high school musical 1, 2, and 3. You're feeling the rhythm, you're all in this together, and this week for show number 80, we're welcoming none other than Alicia Rulin here to the show. That's right, Alicia, who you may know as Kelsey, the quiet piano-playing girl from the High School Musical franchise is going to be stopping in here. She's going to talk about being part of this phenomenon with High School Musical, as well as many other Disney Channel classic movies she's been part of, such as Halloween Town High, when she played the troll Natalie, and many other goodies. And Alicia is going to stop in, talk about her career, many other things, and also, can we expect a High School Musical reunion? In addition, the D-Team is back. That's right, we have a full house. The D-Team is here, ready to bring their signature segments to you. As Lexi, our D-Team member from Down Under, is going to bring you a little bit more about our special guest here this week in the Hollywood Walk. We also have Aaron. He is back once again. You have questions? Aaron has answers, and I want to know. And Jason is going deep into the vault and bringing you another Blu-ray and DVD to add to your collection. And let's not forget Paige with the Magical Music Review, and we have Nathan back with This Week in Disney History. There's all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire, from apps to parks, monorails, and more. Tons of news within the Disney company. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, we have all kinds of fun. We're taking you back to those golden days of high school as we're gearing up for Alicia Rulin to be here at the show very shortly. So let's kick it off, how fitting, going back to those days of high school. So let's officially kick off show number 80 for the week of July 17th, 2014. I'll be right back, all of you D-Heads. We're all in this together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all our dreams uh, have no 
this is Alicia Grillin. You know me from High School Musical and Halloween Town. Hi. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. Once upon a time in Anaheim, in Anaheim, California, there grew a grove of orange trees covering a lot of ground. Once upon a time in Anaheim, in Anaheim, California, a man beheld those orange groves. Wondering if he had found The answer to his special dream His very special vision Walked around, looked around Came to this decision The man's name was Walt Disney And as he stood in that orange grove 25 years ago he saw in his mind's eye a magic kingdom the likes of which never, never existed anywhere on earth before. And he said, I will build my dream in Anaheim, in Anaheim, California. And everything I build will be the grandest sort of fantasy. Imagination is the key to Disneyland. I'll start with a spot that is dear to my heart. Main Street, USA, that is where I'll start. A little taste of what it was in dear old bygone days when life was slow and simple in oh, so many ways. And that will be the center of all that I have planned. From here on Flights of Fancy, we'll discover Disneyland. Ah! There I'll build a castle tall where Sleeping Beauty slept, and a place where fairy tales come true and childhood dreams are kept. At carousels and circus trains and elephants in flight, and someday soon the Matterhorn will rise upon this site. And there I'll build Adventureland, a jungle habitat with rare exotic beasts and birds and trees and stuff like that. And a little boat will take the people out and bring them safely back. And I'll also build a tiki house where they can have a little snack. This space is saved for frontier land, America in the past, river boats and wagon trains and memories that last. And Tom Sawyer's Island will be there, and bears will dance and sing, and we'll have a fine saloon where cowboys have their fling. There I'll build the future, build a world we've yet to know, with rocket ships and monorails and a circular picture show. I'll leave some room for a space age ride and a submarine voyage too, and it will be Tomorrowland by the time that I am through. with care folks will come from everywhere to share the wonders waiting there in Disney 
It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 80 for the week of July 17th, 2014. And we have all kinds of fun as we are welcoming the one and only Alicia Rulin from High School Musical here at the show. You know her as Kelsey from the High School Musical franchise as well as Natalie the Troll from the Halloween Town High series as well. And Alicia is going to be stopping in here very shortly. We have the D team and many other things. So I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff. So before we get started in news here hot off the D-Wire, I do want to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, B-L-U. And remember, you can always subscribe to our show on Stitcher Radio and iTunes and get the latest show right there on your mobile device, your iPod, your iPad, your Android, and more right there through Stitcher Radio and iTunes. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, let's just jump right into news hot off the D-wire. And how about the one that we already know you are very well aware of? And how about July 17th, 1955? That's right. This week in 1955, Disneyland officially opened. Yes, and it changed the world forever. For all of you D-heads out there, from Disneyland all the way pushing through to Walt Disney World and all the other parks. But yes, Disneyland was the one that started it all. July 17th, 1955. Our man, Walt Disney, officially kicked off the park with Disneyland. Everybody loved it from the castle and more, all the attractions and all the great things. And all show long here, I'm going to bring you tidbits from the grand opening of Disneyland as well as the Tencennial and many other celebrations for the birthdays of Disneyland. So get ready for that throughout the show. But that is the one that we all know of. That is the one that is you can't miss it. It is the one that started it all. July 17th, 1955. Disneyland officially opened. Now pushing right along here in news, how about 26 Disney Channel stars coming together for the most epic Frozen cover ever? Yes, a cold front is coming to the Disney Channel this weekend. The network itself is dedicating an entire weekend of programming to Frozen, Disney's Oscar-winning animated film, which feature the voices of Kristen Bell and Miss Menzel from July 18th through the 20th. And they've got some special treats in store for many of the viewers, Olaf will even host one of the nights of the new programming listed for the Disney Channel. Now, earlier this summer, 26 Disney Channel stars, including Girl Meets World's Rowan Blanchard and Sabrina Carpenter, as well as Teen Beach Movies' Grace Phillips and Jordan Fisher, came together to record one of the most epic Frozen covers ever. The beloved song they tackled was Do You Want to Build a Snowman? As they have stated, we don't get to spend a lot of time together since we're all working on different sets. So it's very cool when we come together and bond, said Sabrina Carpenter, as she's gushing about it in the video meetup. While Grace Phillips has stated there's actually ping pong happening right now. People are hanging out, 
and it's definitely stereotypical fun. Now, the Disney Channel family's new pop cover of Do You Want to Build a Snowman will premiere on Radio Disney tomorrow on Friday, July 18th, and the new music video will premiere on Sunday, July 20th on the Disney Channel. Now, Stephen Vincent, Vice President of Music and Soundtracks of the Disney Channel, has stated, We have a remarkably talented group who, in their approach to this cover song, have kept the heartfelt beauty of the original but transformed it into a duet as an ode to friendship. Now, this is going to be happening all weekend on the Disney Channel. Like I mentioned, the song itself is going to debut on Radio Disney tomorrow, July 18th, and you're going to be able to see the video with 26 Disney Channel stars, including the stars of Girl Meets World, Teen Beach Movie, Lab Rats, and many others are going to be there on hand, and that video is going to debut on July 20th. So get ready to build some snowmen. Now, pushing right along in Disney news, let's get to the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Yes, how about a tourist from the United Kingdom losing two fingertips in an accident on a boat ride at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando at the Magic Kingdom? Yes, now you may have seen this all over online. It was everywhere. It was one of the most talked about stories this last week. But a 57-year-old man's fingertips were severed on last Thursday morning on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in the resort Magic Kingdom in the theme park. Now the injury occurred while I was holding onto the boat with his fingertips outside of the vessel, said Reedy Creek Fire Department Assistant Chief Bo Jones. Now the man whose name was not released was hospitalized and in stable condition. Now the severed fingertips on the ring and pinky finger of his right hand were not recovered, Jones had said. At this point they have probably already gone through the filtration system through the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Now, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride was shut down for a couple of hours, then reopened to visitors after being deemed safe, said the Disney Resort spokeswoman, Miss Whaler. Now, the ride has safety warnings and cautioning guests to keep their hands and arms inside the boat at all times. So that goes to show all of you D-heads out there, when they're saying it, they're saying it for a reason. There are definitely reasons why they're doing it. I mean, the minute I saw this story, I knew exactly what happened. I... I turned to my wife and I said, I bet you was having his hand outside of the boat. That's exactly what happened. Now, since we are talking about Walt Disney World Resort, how about the Disney World monorail evacuated after a power outage? That is right. A Walt Disney World spokeswoman says dozens of passengers were safely evacuated from a monorail train halted by a power outage during bad weather at its Central Florida Amusement Park at the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, she says no one was hurt. Now, the spokeswoman, Miss Whaler, who also reported on the Pirates of the Caribbean fiasco, told the Associated Press that there were thunderstorms around the Walt Disney World Resort when the elevated train monorail stopped Sunday afternoon. She says a mechanized lift helped get passengers down. Due to weather, there was a powder outage on the monorail. There's currently one train on the system without power, and all the guests are now off the train, as it was reported at the time. Now, Whaler says the cause of the power outage wasn't immediately known. There was no fire, and everybody got down calmly. Now, there were a variety of 911 calls that were made because people were stranded for about 30 minutes in the air on the Epcot monorail system. Now, I understand their frustration, but come on, there's no doors. I mean, is a worker going to be, you know, running back and forth into all the monorail systems? I mean, climbing outside the walls and trying to get in, it doesn't work that way. But, you know, the 911 call truly was funny. But, uh, you know, in the end, everyone was fine. The monorail, bad weather, it happens. 
Now pushing right along in news, how about Disney's Maker Studios hiring AOL executive Charles Gabriel as the chief advertising officer? Yes, Maker Studios, the multi-channel network company owned by Disney, has now tapped Charles Gabriel, previously SVP of video sales at AOL, as the chief advertising officer and EVP of global sales. Yes, Gabriel now is going to report to Jason Krebs, head of sales at Maker Studios. In the newly created role, Gabriel is responsible for leading the MCN's global sales strategy and growing worldwide ad revenue. At AOL, he led all sales and strategy efforts for the internet media company's video business. He also oversaw integration of the media sales side of Adapt TV and many others when AOL acquired that last year for $405 million. Now, as they have officially released, Krebs has said Charles is widely recognized as a thought leader in the online video space with a proven track record of growing ad revenue and nurturing media talent. Now, Gabriel joined AOL in 2010 and now moving on to Disney's Maker Studios as Chief Advertising Officer and EVP of Global Sales. Now, Disney did acquire Maker Studios, one of the largest YouTube multi-channel networks, in a deal up to worth $950 million this past spring. Now, the Walt Disney Company is seeking to tap into younger online audiences and aiming to use Maker Studios to develop new content based on Disney brands exclusively for YouTube. Now, since we are talking about videos, let's move from YouTube and how about movies itself? And how about Disney's The Jungle Book adaption, the live action adaption that is coming, has now cast its official Mowgli. Yes, everybody knows Mowgli from the original animated Jungle Book. Might I add, we did interview Bruce Reitherman in our archives at Diz Radio, who was the voice of Mowgli in that film. But Neil Sethi, a 10-year-old newcomer from New York, is going to star in the film as the young boy Mowgli, who is raised by jungle animals. He'll be the only actor to appear on screen in the project, which is a combination of live action and animation. Now, Disney has slated it for a 3D release on October 9th, 2015. Now, this is going to be a live action adaption. Now, when they say animation, I'm not sure what to make of it. I don't think it's going to be hand-drawn animation. I think it's going to be more like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes animation. But the Jungle Book is going to be fantastic. And now, Neil Sethi, this 10-year-old from New York, is going to be... It's Mowgli. Now, John Favreau is directing the film with a script from Justin Marks. Now, they also have a variety of people who have been cast as the voice. You have the voice of the tiger, Shere Khan, who is voiced by Idris Elba. You have Ben Kingsley, who will voice the Black Panther Bagheera. And Scarlett Johansson are also in talks in Disney's take of the Kipling classic. Now, as Disney has released, casting is the most important element of any film. And finding the right kid to play Mowgli was very imperative, said John Favreau. Neil has tremendous talent and charisma, and there's a lot riding on his little shoulders, and I'm confident he can handle it. Now pushing right along from the big screen to the small screen, and how about video games that you play on your TV? That's right, and how about Disney Infinity 2.0 revealing Stitch and Tinkerbell figures as some of the top requested characters that are out this fall? That's right, it shouldn't be surprising to hear that Disney now has their ear towards the fans, listening to them as to who they want to have as characters as part of Disney Infinity. I mean, for the longest time, I love Infinity, I love playing with my kids. But for the longest time, I mean, they have characters. I'm like, does anybody care, you know, if Francesco is part of Disney Infinity? No. I mean, I understand that they're trying to market, you know, current trends and films. But come on, listen to the fans. And now Disney is doing that. And Disney Infinity itself is now getting a lot of great love letters from fans as the next two characters for Disney Infinity 2.0 
are released. And that is right there, you're going to have Stitch and Tinkerbell. Stitch, of course, was the number one most requested character for Disney Infinity 2.0, according to Disney. The lovable, cuddly alien puppy from Lilo and Stitch has to be one of Disney's most profitable merchandise characters. You can't go to a Disney store without seeing plushies, t-shirts, mugs, and assorted items featuring his blue smiling face. Now, Tinkerbell was the third most requested character, falling just behind Merida of Brave. Now, fortunately, Merida had already been revealed for Disney 2.0, and so was up next, but Peter Pan Fairy was on the list. Now, everybody does love Tinkerbell. Now, I myself am really mad that they're not making any more Tinkerbell movies. I mean, finish telling the story. How did she meet Peter Pan? I mean, you know, she truly is loved if she wants to be part of Infinity 2.0. But in the game, Stitch will come with his fancy space blasters, the ability to super jump, and he's going to have a variety of different role animation that is inspired from Blanca from Street Fighter. Now, Tinkerbell has a magical healing pixie dust, as well as the ability to fly. Now, given the limitations of the game, Tink could possibly glide or something familiar, but perpetual flight seems like it could be a bit overpowering in the game. Now that's 14 different characters now announced for the release of Disney Infinity 2.0, also known as Disney Infinity Marvel Super Heroes. Now Stitch and Tinkerbell, along with Merida and Maleficent, will likely be coming out in Wave 2 after the Marvel Super Heroes that are going to have a variety of different Marvel Avengers as well as Spider-Man. Be on the lookout for Infinity 2.0 hitting this fall. Now, continuing on with news here, there is a ton of news here this week, all of you D-heads. How about Disney bringing Kermit, Miss Piggy, and the Muppets to Broadway? Yes, you heard me right, and I know our D-team member Aaron is going to be ecstatic about this. Yes, it's not easy being green, but Disney may be seen green if the studio brings the beloved characters of the 1984 Muppets Take Manhattan to the great big Broadway stage. That's right, the New York Post Michael Rydell reported that the Walt Disney Company, which has had the rights to the Muppets since 2004, is exploring the possibility of a Muppet musical coming to one of five theaters in the area. With the recent success of the kid-friendly musical Cinderella, Aladdin, The Lion King, Mary Poppins, it seems that it's only a matter of time before the iconic Henson characters have a show of their own. And come on, who doesn't love the Muppets? Now, the 1984 musical comedy directed by Frank Oz, who we all know as the voice of Miss Piggy, as well as Yoda, was the third of a series of live-action musical feature films starring Jim Henson's Muppets. Now, the film was produced by Henson Associates and TriStar Pictures and was filmed on location in New York City during the summer of 1983. Now, the movie featured the music of Ralph Burns and Jeff Moss and even included cameo appearances by Sesame Street's Cookie Monster and Burton Ernie. Now, it remains unclear just how Disney would go about making a movie version of this to Broadway. But, you know, will it have an eclectic group of puppets? Will it go the route of, you know, kind of finding Nemo the musical? Or will they emulate the success of The Lion King, which actors made up the live-action puppets? I mean, there's a lot of things that have to be answered for this. But come on, The Muppets Take Manhattan being an actual Broadway play? I would be there in a heartbeat. What about you, Aaron, on the D-Team? Are you with me? Now, sticking with feature films and things like that, you know, since the Muppets, Muppets Take Manhattan, moving from Broadway and staying with feature films, how about Disney announcing the voice cast for Big Hero 6? Now, this last week, many people have been talking about the teaser trailer for Big Hero 6 and how you can actually see some frozen characters there on a bulletin board. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Watch the teaser trailer and see if you can find some great people from Frozen 
there in the trailer. But after meeting the cast for Big Hero 6, there are a variety of people that have been released. Now, some of the brand new character posters have the main cast in the upcoming superhero movie. There's a variety of people that are involved with this, from 30 Rock, Silicon Valley, New Girl, and many others that are going to be part of Big Hero 6. But definitely check out the teaser trailer that was released this week with some great frozen fun in the trailer. Now getting back to the theme parks here, let's get back to the theme parks. And since we're talking about frozen fun and many other things, because I guess Disney just can't get enough of frozen, you know, when you got something on a roll, got to make that money, right? How about the Disney Princess Half Marathon weekend registration is open and adding frozen races. That's right, this last week on July 15th, Run Disney opened registration for the 2015 Disney Princess Half Marathon weekend. Next year's race weekend will include some of the newest elements, notably two races featuring frozen themes and finishers medals to match. The Run Disney races with frozen theme are the Disney Princess 5K, which officially has a 16 minute per mile pace requirement and a Run Disney kids races. Now the kids races are offered at various distances from dashes for younger children to a one mile run for children ages 13 years and younger. Now the Disney Princess Half Marathon Weekend includes the Half Marathon, Disney's Enchanted 10K, the Disney Princess 5K, and the Run Disney Kid races. There's also the Glass Slipper Challenge, which involves completing the 10K and the Half Marathon races on consecutive days in order to earn a third medal in addition to the ones for each individual race. Now, a new way to the fundraiser has been added to the 2015 Half Marathon Weekend. Runners can also use CrowdRise as a fundraising platform, their own fundraising group, or contributions to an already established charity group. Now, the race celebrates the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, one of the race weekend's biggest sponsors, as well as recognizes a number of other participating charity groups. Now, registration for the Disney Princess Half Marathon Weekend with the Frozen events did open to the general public this last Tuesday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Now, definitely check it out. It is going to take place during the weekend of February 19th through the 22nd, 2015. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, as I already mentioned, we have a ton of news on the horizon. I have tons more news. It has been a busy, busy week here in the Walt Disney Company. But I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team here because you have questions, he has answers. And Aaron's going to stop in with I Want to Know. We also have Nathan back with This Week in Disney History. We have Paige with the Magical Music Review, Lexi with the Hollywood Walk, Jason in the Vault, and many other things as... We gear up for the one and only Alicia Rulin, stopping in here very shortly. Yes, Kelsey from the High School Musical franchise and Natalie the Troll from Halloween Town High. So as we gear up for our special guest, I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team. I'm going to kick back, take a moment, relive some Disneyland history because we are celebrating the birthday of the park that started it all and many other things. So all of you D-Heads, release the reins to the D-Team and next time you hear me, I have way more news to give to all of you before I head out on another camping trip this weekend. Hopefully this weekend we won't have any broken bones, but I can't guarantee that. Be right back, all of you D-heads. everyone, this is Hank Weaver. For the past year, this signature has announced the opening of Disneyland the show. Now, it announces the opening of Disneyland the place. The people and eyes around the world are focused on these 160 acres here in Anaheim, California. This afternoon, Disneyland, the world's most fabulous kingdom, 
will be unveiled before an invitational world premiere, and you are guests. Art Linkletter will be your host, and with ABC crews and cameras on the spot, will guide you through this truly magic land. You are now in the press room of Disneyland, which is equipped to service over 1,000 members of the worldwide press here to cover this truly great event. And to start the proceedings, we take you to the entrance of Disneyland and your host, Art Linkletter. That's not Art Linkletter. That's Mickey Mouse, the inimitable little character that started this whole story with Walt Disney 25 years ago, perhaps the most popular motion picture star in Hollywood. I'm standing here on the railroad tracks with helicopters roaring overhead and cars parking by the thousands. And I'm in front of the big Disneyland and Santa Fe Railroad station. And down these tracks, in just a couple of seconds, will come Walt Disney himself barreling in on a railroad train built to five-eighths miniature size. Well, this, this job in the next hour and a half is going to be a delight. I feel like, well, I feel like Santa Claus with a $17 million bundle of gift packages all wrapped in whimsy and sent your way over television with the help of 29 cameras dozens of crews and literally miles and miles of cable. Now, of course, this is not so much a show as it is a special event. The rehearsal went about the way you'd expect a rehearsal to go if you were covering three volcanoes all erupting at the same time and you didn't expect any of them. So, from time to time, if I say we take you now by camera to the snapping crocodiles in Adventureland and instead somebody pushes the wrong button and we catch Irene Dunn adjusting her bustle on the Mark Twain, don't be too surprised. It's all in fun, and that's what we're here for. The grounds are loaded with about uh, 15,000 people who are especially invited guests of Walt Disney's. And they're here from movie land, from motion picture and correspondence, from every possible kind of activity connected with the opening of the eighth wonder of the world. In fact, I think I'll get off these tracks right now and go over and meet some of the people here waiting for the train to come in. <laughs>
have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. Well, we're definitely in the dog days of summer here in Arkansas, so I hope everyone's staying cool out there. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Anita Belfour of Minnesota, and she writes, Aaron and I Want to Know team, in Disney's Welcome to Pooh Corner, how long did it run? Also, is it available on DVD? And were there any vet Disney voices that worked on that show? My kids grew up on that show. Thank you for the help. Well, Welcome to Pooh Corner is a live-action puppet television series that aired on the Disney Channel featuring the characters from the Winnie the Pooh universe, portrayed by actors in human-sized puppet suits, except Roo, who was a traditional puppet. The animatronic costumes used for each character were created by Alchemy 2, Inc., headed by Ken Forsey, who later created the toy sensation Teddy Ruxpin. The show first aired on April 18, 1983, the day the Disney Channel was launched, and ran till May 4, 1986. Reruns of the show aired on the Disney Channel until at least January of 1997. Hal Smith, Will Ryan, and Lori Main were the only three actors from the original four Pooh Shorts to reprise their roles here. Smith, who had voiced Owl ever since the beginning of Disney's Winnie the Pooh franchise, had recently replaced Sterling Holloway as the voice of Pooh. Ryan had provided Rabbit's voice in the 1983 short Winnie the Pooh and a Day for Eeyore, replacing Junius Matthews. And Maine was the narrator for Winnie the Pooh and a Day for Eeyore, replacing Sebastian Cabot. The show's title derives from the second Winnie the Pooh storybook, The House at Pooh Corner. Here's an interesting fact about the show. Since the show was designed for the Disney Channel before it began airing commercials, there were no commercial breaks. As a result, the show lasted a full 30 minutes. The main story ran about 20 minutes, followed by two shorter segments. The first segment was a sing-along music video featuring one of nine songs used over and over throughout the show's run. These songs were written by the Academy Award team of the Sherman Brothers who provided the majority of the Winnie the Pooh music over the years. The Sherman Brothers also wrote the show's theme song, using the music from the original Winnie the Pooh theme song from The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, albeit with a slightly altered tempo. There were six volumes of the show released on VHS and two episodes, Pooh's Great School Bus Adventure and Too Smart for Strangers, 
were released on a DVD called Disney Safety Volume 2. Well, our next question is from Mike J. of New Jersey, and he writes, Diz on Demand? My question is about Whale of a Tale from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, one of my all-time favorite songs. How many versions of the song exist? I think the one in the film is different from the one on the soundtrack. Also, did anyone else cover the song? Also, how long was the attraction at Disney World? Do any of the subs remain? Well, the soundtrack was released on January 29, 2008, containing the music of Paul Smith's original soundtrack score to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, plus both sides of a Whale of a Tale single. Besides Kirk Douglas, the song was covered by The Wellingtons and by Bill Kennedy. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage at Walt Disney World opened October 14, 1971 and closed September 5, 1994. Three of the vehicles were saved from the fleet's demise. Two were shipped to the Snorkeling Lagoon at Castaway Key, Disney's private island. Here the two subs are placed in various areas of the Snorkeling Lagoon and covered with cargo netting to help sea life and microbial corrosion cling to them. As of 2008, only one of those two Nautilus submarines still exists, but both its wheelhouse and dorsal fin have been destroyed by hurricane weather. The third submarine sits in a lot behind Disney's Hollywood Studios. It can be seen in the Boneyard section of the Backlot Tour, next to some props from Star Wars and Pirates of the Caribbean. The fiberglass top of one of the Nautilus subs now sits behind Soaring at Epcot. Well, our final question this week is from Allison Dietry, and she writes, Great show, and I'm a proud D-head. My question has to do with Mickey Mouse. I think I recall Mickey having a record or something for one of his birthdays. Am I remembering this right, or was it just a TV special? I was little when it came out, so I'm not sure. And if it was a record or LP, is it available anywhere? Well, it was a TV special that aired on... November 18, 1988, for Mickey's 60th birthday. Like Roger Rabbit, much of the footage featured in the show is live action with newly made animation. This was a great special with some great 80s references in it. It starts with Mickey Mouse's 60th birthday special being taped, and as his appearance in the show draws to a close, Mickey finds himself trying to decide how he should present himself to his audience. Rummaging through an old trunk, he finds the magic hat from the Sorcerer's Apprentice segment of Fantasia and considers using it. But he's warned by the sorcerer who owns the hat that he shouldn't be using other people's magic when he has his own. But Mickey initially doesn't understand. With that in mind, Mickey goes out on the stage, along with his birthday cake, provided by Roger Rabbit, who realizes that he's placed a stick of dynamite on the cake instead of a candle. In his attempt to put the dynamite out, Roger ends up destroying the set, which prompts Mickey to use the magic from the hat to repair the damage. The audience screams for more, and Mickey agrees to do so, but when he does, he suddenly vanishes. The sorcerer, annoyed that Mickey disobeyed his warning, decides to teach the mouse how to find his own kind of magic by casting a spell on him in which anyone he runs into fails to recognize him as Mickey Mouse. The mouse is then returned to the real world, where he's found by Andy Keaton of Family Ties, 
who mistakenly believes him to be a good impression of the real thing. Andy shows Mickey off to Mallory and Jennifer, but when they're not convinced, even Andy turns him down. Dejected, Mickey goes to the bar from Cheers, only to realize he has no money to buy himself a drink. He then sings the happy birthday song to Rebecca Howe, cheering her up so much she takes him out to dinner and a movie. Meanwhile, the Walt Disney Company has organized a search party, led by Sergeant Rick Hunter from the TV show Hunter, to find the missing mouse. In the process, anchor persons Dudley Good, played by John Ritter, and Mia Loud, played by Jill Eikenberry, decides that Donald Duck is a suspect after they find out he's really upset that he's not going to get to appear on Mickey's special. Their suspicions go even further when they find old footage in Donald's trash of Donald doing his own version of the Mickey Mouse Club theme song, and Donald is soon arrested after he tries unsuccessfully to testify his innocence. He claims the kidnapper was either Minnie Mouse, the guy who framed Roger Rabbit, the Wicked Witch, or Porky Pig. As they continue with their reports on the search, the reporters show various clip montages of Mickey and various tributes people were putting on for him. As the special nears its end, Mickey returns to Disneyland, where a custodian, played by Cheech Marin, mopes around over the fact that he can't see any point in his profession if the guest of honor isn't going to show up for his own birthday party. A fellow custodian, played by Felicia Rashad, then sings a song called It's Magic to Cheer Him Up, with Mickey accompanying the ensuing song and dance number. At this point, the sorcerer reappears and congratulates Mickey now that he's finally found his own magic inside him and thus breaks the spell. Just as the sorcerer exits, Roger rushes up to Mickey and instantly recognizes him. The news of Roger having found Mickey is brought to the news and the innocent Donald is released from jail just in time to join Mickey's birthday celebration. Soon a parade appears, taking Mickey to the Disneyland castle where Minnie's waiting. The parade members throw him up to the balcony of the castle where she's standing waiting for him. There's some great cameos by the Golden Girls, Burt Reynolds, Phil Collins, Nett Funicello, Bette Midler, Barbara Hershey, and many, many more. This show, in its entirety, is available on YouTube. So make sure and get out there and watch it. It sure is a lot of fun. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. ...in their dealings with... ...dressed envelope to... ...Davis and Kirk... ...right down that... ...the hope of finding Mickey Mouse is diminishing. I know it's been an emotional strain for me personally. Well, everyone has chosen their own way of showing their love for Mickey and their concern over his disappearance. This story now from Tony Perry. We're flying above the heartland of America, 2,000 feet above Sheffield, Iowa, where the farmers of this small community have fashioned a monument to Mickey, the common man's hero. 
This gigantic profile spreads across 520 acres of corn and oats, and I'm told is visible from outer space. So, Mickey, if you're out there, if you can see or hear us, please phone home. We're all ears. Throughout the speediest trial in U.S. history, Donald Duck has maintained his innocence despite mounting evidence against him. Emotions have run high. The jury is out, and Donald's goose just may be cooked. Meanwhile, faithful fans are hoping that Mickey will return in time for his birthday celebration at Disneyland tomorrow. It is now T-minus eight hours until Mickey's big bash. Final preparations will be going on all night. All we can do now is watch and wait. But the painful reality is that we may never again have the pleasure of seeing our beloved Mickey Mouse. He made the whole world smile. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show, only on DizRadio.com.
everyone. Welcome back to another segment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, and I'll be taking you through some more fun Disney history and factoids about the entire Disney company. So without further ado, let's get started. As you may or may not know, today, July 17th, marks the 59th anniversary and birthday of Disneyland being opened. In 1913, giving a shout out to my home area of St. Louis, Missouri, Marvin Miller, the narrator of 1959 classic Sleeping Beauty, is born in St. Louis, Missouri. In 1917, comedian Phyllis Diller, the voice of the Queen in the 1998 Pixar film A Bug's Life, is also born in Missouri. 1927, the 56th and final Disney Alice comedy film, Alice in the Big League, is previewed in a Los Angeles theater. It will be released one month later. In 1929, actress Helen Stanley, the live-action model for Disney's Cinderella, and also the live-action model for Sleeping Beauty, is born in Gary, Indiana. In 1932, Disney's Mickey Mouse cartoon, Mickey in Arabia, is released. In 1934, the Silly Symphony cartoon, The Flying Mouse, is released. In 1946, one of the original Mouseketeers and the youngest male to audition to be one, Carl Cubby O'Brien, is born in Burbank, California. In 1950, Disney's Treasure Island, starring Robert Newton. In 1950, Disney's Treasure Island, starring Robert Newton as Long John Silver, and based on the book by Robert Louis Stevenson, is released in the U.S. and U.K. In 1955, the Golden Horseshoe opens the day before Disneyland's debut for a private party for its corporate sponsors. This also marked Wally Bogue's first official performance as Pecos Bill and the traveling salesman at the Golden Horseshoe Saloon. Disneyland in Anaheim, California first opens to the general public as well in 1955 at 10 a.m. on this humid day costing only $1. I wish I could go back to those days and get those prices. In 1962, Meet Me at Disneyland airs Episode 6, Tahitian Terrace. In 1965, Disney's live-action feature film The Monkey's Uncle, starring Tommy Kirk and Annette Funicello, is generally released. Also in 65, Great Moments with Mr. Leakin opens to the public, which is the day after its official dedication at the newly constructed Opera House on Main Street, USA in Disneyland. In 1968, the Dapper Dans and Disneyland performers appear at the Hollywood Bowl in California during a sold-out family night hosted by comedic actor Maury Amsterdam. In 1969, the historic Apollo 11 moon landing is televised on Disneyland's Tomorrowland stage. In 1970, Disneyland celebrated its 15th birthday along with 130 of the original cast members who helped open the park. These 130 cast members are now known as Club 55. In 1971, Cliff Edwards, the voice of Jiminy Cricket, passed away. In 1975, the Disney Company announces its plans to build an experimental prototype community of tomorrow, or, as us Disney fans call it, Epcot. Also, in 1975, construction begins on Disneyland's Space Mountain. It took 12 years of planning and the idea for Anaheim's ride, which originated in the mid-1960s during Walt Disney's lifetime. In 1977, a home owned by Walt Disney, is sold for $207,002. The historic house at 4053 Working Way in L.A. was home to Walt, Lillian, his two daughters, until 1945, when they moved into another home in Holmby Hills. In 1978, the American Egg House opens on Main Street in Disneyland. Howard Helmer, 
which was a demonstrating cook at the time, breaks the world record for omelet preparation. Howard produced 217 two-egg omelets in only 30 minutes, which landed him in the Guinness Book of World Records. In 1980, Disneyland celebrates its 25th anniversary with a 25-hour party starting at midnight, ending at 1 a.m. on the 20th. Disney also passed out birthday buttons and they were given to the guests, stating, I was there. Also in 1980, actress Kristen Bell is born in Huntington Woods, Michigan. In 1981, the first edition of Walt, Disney, Walt Disney's World of Ice premieres, which was a joint effort between Disney and Feld Entertainment. In 1985, Disney's 1940 animated feature, Pinocchio, is released on Betamax, VHS, and Laserdisc under the Walt Disney Classics brand. Also in 85, the Disney Channel airs Dateline Disneyland, which was a documentation about the opening of Anaheim Park 30 years ago. Also in 85, seven-year-old Virgil Waits Jr. of Virginia became the 200 millionth guest at Walt Disney World. He is presented with a commemorative plaque and a lifetime Disney pass for him and his family. In 1988, Disney re-released Bambi in theaters for the seventh and final time. In 1989, Disney's 1953 Peter Pan is re-released in theaters for the fifth and final time. Also in 89, Splash Mountain made its premiere and a dedication ceremony took place at Disneyland on the park's 34th birthday. Also in 89, Walt's Nine Old Men and Ubi Works Iwerks are inducted Disney Legends. The ceremony was held at the Legends Promenade outside the Disney Studio Theater with Michael Eisner and Roy E. Disney present. In 1992, animator, director, and producer Rudolph Ising passes away in Newport Beach, California. He first worked animation with Disney on such popular cartoons such as the Alice Comedies and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit shorts. In 1993, Disney's live-action feature Hocus Pocus is released and directed by Kenny Ortega, who later became popular for all the high school musical films, which is convenient for this episode, considering we have Alicia Rulin on the show today. Also, in 93, the MTV Movie Awards are presented and Robin Williams walked away a victor with Best Comedic Performance for his role of Genie in Aladdin. In 95, Disney's Wedding Pavilion at the Grand Floridian opens. Also in 1995, Disneyland celebrates its 40th birthday. Special events include Randy Travis performing on top of the Matterhorn, singing Happy Birthday, as well as free birthday cake to all guests present. In 1997, Walt Disney's live-action comedy, George of the Jungle, is officially released. In 1998, the Disney Magic arrives at Port Canaveral, Florida for the first time. In 2000, Disneyland celebrates its 45th anniversary with the all-new 45 Years of Magic Parade. Also at Disneyland, Woody's Roundup takes place on the Golden Horseshoe Review as its final performance. In 2002, Cadet Kelly, starring Hilary Duff and Christy Carlson Romano, airs on Wonderful World of Disney. Also in 2002, the Walt Disney Company signs a letter of intent with the city of Shanghai to build its third Asian theme park. In 2005, Disneyland's Space Mountain reopens after a two-year refurbishment, and Neil Armstrong was there to take place in the opening ceremony. Also in 2005, Disney's California Adventure opens up Turtle Talk with Crush, making it the second Crush attraction to open, as one debuted already in Epcot in 2004. Also in 2005, the Anaheim Park also announces that the Finding Nemo submarine voyage will be built on site of the old submarine voyage attraction, and Nemo will debut in June 2007, two years later. In 2008, Napster, the pioneer in digital music, announced a partnership with Walt Disney Records and includes an exclusive, commercial-free Best of Disney station. And also in 2008, the nominations for the 60th Primetime Emmy Awards are announced. 
Disney Channel's nominations include Hannah Montana, High School Musical 2, and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. In 2009, famous actor Dallas McKinnon passes away five days shy of his 90th birthday in Washington. He's known for many Disney credits, such as Lady and the Tramp, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, 101 Dalmatians, and Mary Poppins. But one of the biggest in-park roles that he is known for is he is the voice and the announcer of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad Safety. He is very famous for the line, Hold on to your hats and glasses, this here is the wildest ride in the wilderness. Also in 2009, a retirement celebration takes place at Walt Disney Imagineering for Marty Sklar. In 2011, Cars 2 star Lightning McQueen joined Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme Stunt Show at Hollywood Studios for the first time, replacing the beloved Herbie. Also in 2011, Winnie the Pooh, a new animated film, is released by Walt Disney Pictures. In 2013, closing out the history this week, is some news about a sequel I'm extremely excited for, and I know my daughter is as well. This week was the premiere of Disney Channel's Teen Beach movie, and had the tune of 8.4 million viewers viewing the movie on its premiere. That's it for Disney History this week. I am Nathan, and thanks for tuning in with me and taking a travel through time. See you real soon. Start warming up. And bring your best moves. You got game? Little? Because the East High Wildcats are back. It never happens as long as we're together. It's cool, right? To take on their biggest challenge yet. What are you doing here? I'm the new lifeguard. Summer jobs. We've got to work, work. I told you to hire Troy Bolton. Not the entire East High student body. Now, they're about to discover Hi. that working for a country club is no vacation. It might be wonderful if Troy participates in our talent show. What? Get ready. I think we were meant to sing together. For the start of something new. The Disney Channel original movie, High School Musical 2, coming August 17th to Disney Channel. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again, and thank you, Aaron and Nathan, for stopping in here this week with I Want to Know and This Week in Disney History. And all of you D-heads, remember, if you want to connect up with the D-team and drop Aaron some questions, definitely visit DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can send your questions and connect up with the D-team directly right there on our official website. Definitely do that. Thank you guys for stopping in here once again. And you know, having the D-heads have to listen to me (laughs) with a lot less rambling on. So all of you D-heads, as I mentioned, we are going back to our high school musical days. We have Alicia Rulin stopping in here at the show from High School Musical. Kelsey, who is going to be stopping in here and talking about a variety of different things. What it's like being part of so many Disney Channel classic films like Halloween Town High, the High School Musical franchise, and will there be a high school reunion very soon? We'll get all these answers when she stops in here very shortly. We also have more from the D-Team and many other things. And I myself am gearing up to go camping again. You may remember, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we went camping and my son broke his arm. Well, we're going back to that same location once again this weekend. Let's cross our fingers that no broken bones will happen. 
you know, I'm praying for that one. So I hope you're enjoying this week's show. We have all kinds of fun here as as we push along for show number 80. So I'm going to get right back into news hot off the D-Wire. And how about getting into some DVDs and Blu-rays for all of you D-Heads and Disney's Million Dollar Arm hitting Disney Movies Anywhere DVD and Blu-ray on October 7th, 2014. Yes, from the studio that brought you Miracle, Remember the Titans, and many other things, yes, Walt Disney Pictures, Million Dollar Arm is now coming to Blu-ray, Digital HD, and Disney Movies Anywhere. Now, it's based on a true story as sports agent J.B. Bernstein, played by John Hamm, finds that business has changed and things aren't going as well for his career. In a last-ditch effort to save his livelihood, he concocts a scheme to find baseball's next greatest pitching ace, hoping to find a young cricket pitcher that he can turn into a Major League Baseball star. JB travels to India to produce a reality show called The Million Dollar Arm. With the help of a cantankerous but eagle-eyed retired baseball player played by Alan Arkin, he discovers Dinesh and Rinku, two young men who have no idea about playing baseball at all, yet have a knack for throwing a fastball. Hoping to sign them to a major league contract and make a quick buck, JB brings the boys home to America to train into baseball. Now while the Americans are definitely out of their element in India, the boys who have never left their rural villages are equally challenged when they come to the United States. As the boys learn their finer points of baseball, JB, with the help of his charming friend Brenda, played by Lake Bell, learns the valuable life lessons about teamwork, commitment, and what it means to be a family. Now this film has been hailed by audience and critics alike as a genuine crowd pleaser. Now they are going to have a variety of different things including bonus features available on Disney Movies Anywhere that's going to have never before deleted scenes. They're also going to have the making of featurettes, training camp, where you're going to have the actors behind the film face the same daunting challenges that their characters Rinku and Dinesh did during as they learned how to throw a fast pitch. They're also going to have their story, the real J.B. Bernstein, Rinku and Dinesh explore the legacy of Million Dollar Arm and the impact that it had on their lives and aspirations and children in all of India and their own lives as well, as well as Million Dollar Music by A.R. Rahman, the Oscar-winning composer for Best Original Score for Slumdog Millionaire in 2008, talks about creating music that encompasses two worlds, both India and the United States. There's also alternate endings, deleted scenes, and many other things, including outtakes. And now you can get ready for Million Dollar Arm to hit the Blu-ray, DVDs, and Disney Movie Anywhere on October 7th, 2014. Now, sticking with Blu-rays and DVDs, let's get to one that I really do love, and the Disney Nature series. You know, we all love Walt Disney's original true life adventures. They were fantastic. I have them on DVD as well. I grew up watching them. I love them. But, you know, Disney Nature is doing that as well. And how about Disney Nature's Bears, the true life adventure coming to Blu-ray Combo Pack on August 12th, 2014. Yes, from Disney Nature, who has also created Earth, Chimpanzee, and many others, African Cats to name a few, this epic story of a breathtaking scale is going to hit your home and your screen. To celebrate the in-home debut of Bears, Disney Nature is proud to continue conservation program initiated with the film's theatrical release. For every purchase of the movie through August 19th, 2014, Disney Nature will also make a donation through the Disney Worldwide Conservation Fund to the National Park Foundation, the official charity of America's National Parks. Now, this is going to further protect and conserve endangered and threatened wildlife and help many other things with more than 2.9 million acres of national parks around the country. Now, as I mentioned, I am going camping, so I am a big fan of national and state parks. When I go camping, we're not going to Yogi Bear. We're not going to a resort with a pool. When we go camping as a family, we're camping in state parks. 
So, you know, I am glad to see that Disney is going to help this. You know, we, we take hikes. We, we love nature. I mean, it's fantastic. And now this film is coming to Blu-ray and DVD, and it's a heartwarming tale that visually is spectacular. And it showcases a year in the life of a bear family, as two impressible young cubs are taught life's most important lessons. Families everywhere can now travel to the majestic Alaskan wilderness, teeming with wildlife without leaving the home of bears. Now, they are going to have a variety of different things, including a variety of different bonus features, including a variety of different bonus features, as well as Welcome to Alaska. You can journey with the filmmakers into the Alaskan wilds to film Skye and her cubs. There's also the future for the bears. Experience the thrill of living with bears during their production and the importance of protecting the wilderness to ensure their survival and our own. A guide to living with the bears? Learn how the team interacted safely with the bears while they were filming. How did they film that? Get an inside look of some of the extreme filmmaking that went into getting shots of the high mountains and under the frigid cold weather, and also the carry-on music video by Olivia Holt. There's going to be a variety of different things on here as well, and let me tell you, Bears in the Disney Nature series is breathtaking, fantastic. It's narrated by John C. Riley, who you may know from Wreck-It Ralph, and many other goodies. I mean, it's going to be fantastic, and it's coming to Blu-ray, Combo Pack, DVD, and Digital, as well as Disney Movies Anywhere on August 12, 2014. And since we can't get enough of Disney DVDs, since I'm on a roll here, how about Sophia the First, The Enchanted Feast, coming to DVD August 5th, 2014. Yes, are you ready to set off on another adventure with Sophia and her friends? This time, Sophia gets the help from Snow White as Disney's very first princess. The wicked fairy, Miss Nettle, disguises herself as a powerful sorceress and attempts to steal Sophia's magical amulet. Now, with the help of Snow White, who is now voiced by the one and only Katie Von Till, who you may recall is in our archives at DizRadio.com, when she stopped in and talked about voicing Snow White, this iconic princess, and now Sophia must learn to trust her instincts and speak up when she suspects someone is not or who they say they are. Now there's going to be a variety of different things that are going to be on here, and now you can get this fun family adventure on Disney DVD August 5th, 2014. They're also going to have an original song, All You Desire, performed by Sasha the Sorceress. There's also a variety of featured characters, including Snow White, as I mentioned, which is voiced by Katie Von Till, who we had as a guest here on our show, as well as many others. There's also going to be a variety of different bonus features and more, and now you can get Sophia the First, The Enchanted Feast, on August 5th. Now, moving right along in Disney news, let's get back to something that's a little more on the corporate end, and how about Bob Iger, chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, is named 2014 CEO of the Year by Chief Executive Magazine. Yes, Chief Executive Magazine this week announced that Bob Iger, the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, has been named 2014 CEO of the Year, an honor bestowed upon the outstanding corporate leader named and selected by a group of CEO peers. Now, this is the 29th year that the award has been given. And the past honorees include Bill Gates, as well as Jack Welsh and Michael Dell, founder and CEO of Dell Computers. Now, as they have officially released, even iconic brands need fixing from time to time, says J.P. Donilon, editor-in-chief of Chief Executive Magazine. But instead of easy fixes, Bob Iger played a long game by addressing Disney's cultural issues head-on with a three-pronged strategy, making it stronger, more profitable, and a bigger company for its overall brand. For this reason, he is well-deserving of this year's CEO of the Year. 
just the sixth CEO in the company's history, Iger, who took over the helm in October of 2005, transformed the organization into a profit-making powerhouse. He acquired Pixar Animation Studios from Steve Jobs in 2006, Marvel Entertainment in 2009, as well as Star Wars in 2012. At the time of closing in 2013, it was at an all-time high for stock prices as a share was $79, compared to $23 when he first took office in 2005. There were many other nominees as well, but now for 2014, CEO of the Year goes to Bob Iger, Chairman of the Walt Disney Company. Now moving away from the corporate side of things, let's get to something where you're going to be able to meet some of your Disney Channel stars. And how about Tanger Outlets partnering with Disney Channel's Bridget Mendler to kick off the back to school shopping season. Yes, Tanger Factory Outlet Centers and Tanger Outlet Centers is kicking off a back to school shopping season in style by partnering with Disney Channel's Bridget Mendler. Now at a select Tanger Outlet Centers, they're going to have the Good Luck Charlie star performing her hit songs, signing autographs, and hosting Q&A with fans. Now the performance is part of Tanger's Kids style tour and fashion camp where kids of all ages can participate in a variety of entertaining on-site activities to get them excited about going back to school. Now Tanger Outlet's kids style tour and fashion camp events are going to take place on Saturdays and Sundays from August 3rd all the way through the 31st at Tanger Center's across the country. Now, teens can learn exclusive tips from local experts about fashion design, styling, and illustration. Now, the camp will also offer interactive classes on topics such as hair, nails, skincare, modeling, yoga, fitness, and a variety of other things. As part of the Kids Style Tour and Fashion Camp, all Tanger shoppers are eligible to win a grand prize trip to Orlando for a family of four, including travel, hotel accommodations, and Disney World Park passes and a Tanger Back to School gift pack. Now, they are going to have a variety of these as well. And like I mentioned, this is kicking off August 3rd through the 31st at select Tanger Outlet stores. Now, some of the centers where you're going to be able to see Bridget Mendler from Good Luck Charlie performing is at Gonzalez, Jefferson Town, Pittsburgh, Deer Park, Charleston, Myrtle Beach, Locust Grove, Park City, Houston, and San Marcos. Those are just some of the dates where you're going to be able to see her appear, sing her songs, and sign autographs. Now, getting back to the company side here as I wrap up news, let's end on one more. Somebody who is a guest here at the show in the past, somebody who you've experienced at the parks, you've experienced them at your home, and many other things. Think of some of the classics like Brave Little Toaster, as well as Alien Counter from the Magic Kingdom, and even Back to Neverland from MGM Studios. Yes, I am talking about Imagineer, director, animator, and more. Jerry Rees. Now, Jerry Rees was a past guest here on Disney On Demand. I highly suggest you go and listen to his show as we talk about a variety of different things. But now the Hollywood industry veteran Jerry Rees has signed on to helm the must-see Marvel touring attraction, the Marvel Experience. Yes, Hero Ventures, a Los Angeles-based entertainment company, announced this week that the award-winning director, producer, and writer of live-action, animation, and theme park attractions, Jerry Rees, is going to be leading the creative team and efforts for producing the Marvel Experience, an innovative traveling attraction where guests have the opportunity to actively participate with dozens of Marvel Entertainment's iconic superheroes. Now, Rees has directed a record-setting 16 Disney theme park attractions around the world, from California, Hong Kong, Florida, Paris, including Theo Awards for Cinemagique, as well as Animation Magic and Disney's new cruise ship attraction, which won most innovative use of technology. Now, launching later this year, the Marvel Experience is at its heart a next-generation event 
which is going to fully immerse visitors in its entertainment experience like no other. With one original narrative tying all the things together from start to finish, the story will unfold in a series of state-of-the-art multimedia technologies and interactive elements including 4D motion ride, original 3D animated features, and many others that are only commercially available through stereoscope 360-degree full dome extravaganza. Yes, a full dome. Now, as the CEO of Hero Ventures has said, Hero Ventures was looking for the impossible, and we searched for someone to take all the amazing, unique elements that we developed with Marvel to bring everything to life in this first-of-its-kind production. Thankfully, Jerry Reese brought a lifetime of creativity to the table and took the Marvel experience to places beyond our imagination. Now, as Jerry Reese has said, and he's been a guest on our show in the past, fantastic individual, first have always energized me and collaborating with like-minded pioneering souls over the years to uncover new firsts has always been a joy. Now they are going to have a variety of different things including the third floor, Lexington Design and Fabrication and many others behind this who are going to help with many of the sets and the domes that are going to bring this event to life. And now you can get ready for it as it's going to be kicking off later this year. If you want to find out more about it and follow its progress, you can visit themarvelexperiencetour.com. So all of you D-heads, I wasn't lying. Tons of news on the horizon. Tons from the D-team here this week. We have a special guest stopping in here very shortly. So I'm going to release the reins to the D-team here as we have Lexi stopping in, our D-team member from Down Under. And she's going to give you a little bit more about our very special guest here, Alicia Ruin, stopping in here very shortly here at the show. We also have Paige with the Magical Music Review as I'm sure she's going to delve in to the soundtracks of High School Musical. And we also have Jason back with The Vault as he's going to dig deep into another Blu-ray and DVD to add to your collection. So all VD heads, I'm going to release the reins to the D team. I'm going to take a break here. And the next time you hear me, I'm going to be stopping in with Natalie the Troll from Halloween Town High, as well as Kelsey from High School Musical, the one and only Alicia Rulin. I'll be right back, all VD heads. Uh, let me see. I think I got it. <laughs> super ca- super fra- califra- yeah. super fragilistic calabacinumidocious? Yeah. That's what it is. Super fragile calafastic mispilastidocious. Yeah. Well, how is it though? Well, how do you say it? Super califragilistic expialidocious. Now I have it. Super fragile calistic No. Well, listen, you know what's nice about this? As you go through Disneyland, you will hear all kinds of music, all the songs that came from Disneyland, and they're an enormous collection. They have a legacy all of their own. And the nice thing about it is you don't have to be a trained singer to sing it. Everybody can do it. It's very easy. (laughs) With a smile and a song, life is just like a bright sunny day. Your cares fade away. And your heart is young With a smile and a song All the world seems to waken anew Rejoicing with you As your song is sung Hey, here we go! Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day Plenty of sunshine headed my way. Zippity doo da, zippity a. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactory. Zippity doo da, zippity a. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. Whistle while you work. 
put all that grain and stout right into whistle loud and long. Just hum a merry tune. <laughs> Just do your best and take a rest and sing yourself a song. How was that, Mr. Ziegfeld? I hope, I hope, to make your troubles go. Just keep on singing all day long. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. Give a little whistle, give a little whistle, give a Put little whistle. Put on that brain and start right give into whistle that blows. Salagadula, Minchikaboola, Minchikaboola, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Put them together and water them, you got to Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Salagadula, Minchikaboola, Diddly D, an actor's life for me. You promenade with a big cigar, you tour the world in a private car, you dine a chicken with caviar, an actor's life for me. I've got no strings to hold me down, to make me fret, or make me frown. I had strings, but now I'm free, there are no strings on me. Hi ho, the Mario, I'm as happy as can be. I want the world to know, nothing ever worries me. I've got no strings, so I have fun. I'm not tied up to anyone. How I love my liberty. There are no strings on me. Born on a mountaintop of Tennessee. In a state in the land of the free. Raised in the woods, so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Navy, Navy Crockett. King of the wild frontier. Davy, Davy Crockett, King of the wild frontier. Someday my prince will come. Here, prince! Someday I'll find the one. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. No time to say hello, good boy. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. He'll whisper, I love you. And still a kiss or two. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cherry. As sweet as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cherry. Good luck will rub off when I shake hands with you. Or blow me a kiss, and that's lucky too. Cinderella, Cinderella, all I hear is Cinderella. From the moment that I get up, till shades of night are falling, there isn't any light up. I hear them calling, calling. Go up and do the edit, we'll go down and do the cellar. You can do them both together, Cinderella. How lovely it would be if I could live my fantasy. But in the middle of my dreaming, they're screaming at me. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. 
Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious I'm the little, 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 I'm the late I'm the late, I'm the late Supercalifragilistic Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Your supercalifragilistic's really quite atrocious Try supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hey, D-Heads. Hey, cheer for another magical music review. I'm back in my music library, and I've gone back to some of Disney's most popular music from when I was growing up. With Elisa Ruland in the studio talking to Jonathan this week, we will be looking at the music from the High School Musical Trilogy. Elisa was Kelsey Nielsen, the piano player and songwriter. In the films, Kelsey wrote What I've Been Looking For, Breakin' Free, You're the Music and Me, and the music for the musical in the final film. In reality, the songs were written by David Neeson Lawrence. I chose a song from each movie to look at, so let's head to Albuquerque and check in with those East High Wildcats. No musical is complete without a song sung by a cast ensemble. High School Musical has a number of these. Let's start with the first film's final number, We're All In This Together. Everyone is celebrating in the gym, including Kelsey. Instrumental-wise, there's a wide range of percussion, whistles, trumpet, and much more. The song passes between Troy, Gabriella, Ryan, and Sharpay, with the rest of the cast singing backup. As a bit of trivia for you all, Zac Efron actually didn't sing in the first film. The songs had been written before his casting and was not in the key he could do. The part of Troy was sung by Drew Seeley. For the other two films, Zach did his own singing. Okay, enough chatter. Take a listen and enjoy. baseball season. In High School Musical 2, the Wildcats play baseball, but no ordinary game of baseball. This game included some song and dance. Of course, the song I'm referring to is called I Don't Dance. The leads for the song are Chad and Ryan. Ryan is working to convince Chad that he can't dance. 
and Chad spends his time contradicting it. With percussion and trumpet being very prominent, the song is very upbeat. When the film was released, Disney produced a music video including players from various Major League Baseball teams participating in the song. This being my favorite song from the second film, enjoy listening in! theaters in 2007. Until Les Miserables was released in theaters in 2012, it held the box office record for musicals and theaters. The film included all of the original cast and creative team, with great songs throughout. The favorite in my household is sung by Troy and Chad in a scrapyard entitled The Boys Are Back. The instrumentation is made up of synthesizers, electric guitar, and percussion, among other instruments. The song theme is something everyone does senior year, which is reminiscent about when they were younger and had only the problems of their imaginative games to worry about. Take a listen and enjoy. Take it back to the place where you know it all began. We could be anything we want to be. You can tell by the noise and the boys are back again. Together making history. this week. I'll be back next time with a new Magical Music Review. Until then, have a good week, D-Heads. See ya! Chad, take us out. Being the new kid at school can be scary. She came with the rest of those foreign exchange freaks. Especially if you're a monster. You're a big pink furry troll. It's the gang from Halloween Town. Need I remind you? I'm a witch. Barney! And homework is the least of their worries. I pity the night that has to tussle with you. Lucas Graybeal from High School Musical stars with Kimberly J. Brown. We are so going to do this. In the Disney Channel original movie, Halloween Town High.
tomorrow at 8, 7 central. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Hey D-Heads, get your dancing shoes ready and your singing voices in tune. This week we have an incredibly popular member of the Disney family with us. We are lucky enough to have Alessia Rulin here today. We all know her as the kind-hearted and incredibly talented Kelsey Nielsen from the High School Musical trilogy. That's right. She was singing alongside Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens, Ashley Tisdale and the rest of the High School Musical cast for three movies. And each one just showed her off more and more. I especially love Alessia's song, You Are The Music In Me. It is sweet and catchy and just has a really lovely sound to it. It's a symbol of what Disney does best really. Good, innocent family fun. And in fact, the whole trilogy is. I don't know where the world would be today without the high school musical guys. <laughs> now, Alessia is incredibly talented and has so many achievements for someone so young. We can see her in fun movies like Private Valentine, Blonde and Dangerous with Jessica Simpson and Flying By with none other than Billy Ray Cyrus and Heather Locklear. She's also already appeared in really popular TV series like Everwood and she's been in other movies like Forever Strong, Mobsters and Mormons, and The Dance. Now, for some background information. This week's special guest is actually all the way from Russia. But when she was a little girl, she moved to Texas, and then later, Utah. Already, Alessia had been a trained ballet dancer, piano player, and a very successful model. She even took out a model search contest after her mum urged her to and was represented by more than four agencies. And after this, Alessia graduated from West Jordan High in 2005 and then went all the way to Paris to study economics. And it was actually during the casting for High School Musical 2 that Alessia was in Paris studying economics. Now get this, this week's special guest also worked a year as a certified nursing assistant. And when she's not busy enough, she used to work in Victoria's Secret and at Nordstrom's. And get this, even after High School Musical debuted, Alessia kept working at Nordstrom's and sometimes fans from the movie would spot her. It's pretty cool, huh? Also. She can read, write, and speak fluent Russian. Talk about multi-talented and versatile. Definitely pretty impressive. Also for Disney, 
Alessia has starred in some much-loved Disney Channel original movies. These include Halloween Town High, The Poof Point, and Hounded. They are all such fun, and it is clear that Disney and Alessia go very well together. I think that Disney has an eye for talent. <laughs> also on the small screen, this week's special guest can be seen in a variety of great shows, like I mentioned earlier. These include Drop Dead Diva, Touched by an Angel, CSI Miami, and The Mentalist. There seems to be no end to this week's special guest talent and dedication to hard work. I am definitely impressed. And when she's not spending her time working incredibly hard, Alessia uses her fame to raise awareness. In particular, Alessia donates time to protect our Coral Sea, which is a campaign calling on the Australian government to make the region a marine park. Also, Alessia is known for helping to clean out beaches, and she's given dresses to charity, She's even spent time with dogs that are homeless. So, just like other members of the Disney family, Alessia cares very much about giving back, which I think is wonderful. So, thank you, Alessia Rulin. Without you, Disney definitely would not be the same. So I guess once they hand us that diploma, we're actually done here. What makes you think we're getting diplomas? This show must go on. Show them how we do a game on. This is the last time to give it back. This is the last chance to make it on yeah. I'm a lot better at saying goodbye than you. Why are you saying goodbye? We're together. Hey, Troy. When's the big game? Yesterday. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are with films and television and many different things that have been passed on from generation to generation. You grew up with them, you pass them on to your kids. Today with us is somebody that you may know from such shows like NCIS, also the high school musical franchise, Halloween Town, and many other things. We have none other 
than Alicia Rulin with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody of your stature, you know, been around for so many different films, uh, you know, kind of a Disney icon for many of our listeners out there. I guess to start things off, uh, you know, I always ask this right away, what got you started into acting? I started acting when I was 12 years old, and it was my mom's idea. I used to be really shy, and she wanted me to break out of my shell and meet some more friends, and she enrolled me into this Model Search America program, where I um, went to a competition and was forced to walk a runway, and um, I was crying the entire time, but ironically enough, I won. And my first job was actually for Disney Channel. It was a commercial for the channel. And in that process, I got to meet all these awesome kids that were from different backgrounds and were just as weird as me. And all of a sudden, I found this new world, and I fell in love with this opportunity to travel and to meet different people and play different people. I've been hooked ever since. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing, too, where, you know, like you said, you've been hooked ever since, and you've been a staple of Disney for quite some time. Like you said, that was the first break, and then that moved into a variety of different things. Of course, Halloween Town, which ha- which has such a, I guess, a huge cult fan following, as does the High School Musical franchise. I guess, what was it like, uh, you know, actually, actually putting on troll makeup and having fun and doing something that was a little bit different? Everybody likes to do Christmas, but how was it doing Halloween? Halloween is a blast because it's one of my favorite holidays. I love, obviously, I'm an actress, so I like playing characters and dressing up as different people. But to have prosthetics and being, it took about two and a half hours to paint the makeup on me every single day and about two and a half hours to take it off. And when you do that for a month straight, you're you're so used to people touching you and painting you. And then I had to wear, like, a pregnancy suit because trolls are kind of chubby and got that big belly with the rhinestone and... It was a wonderful experience to not only transform myself mentally but physically see that. And it was an it's an interesting process as well because you have so much respect for the makeup and prosthetics team because they're making magic literally on you. And that's, that's really like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Well, you know, and with something like that, like you said, doing the prosthetics and doing Halloween and things like that, I mean, I'm sure that there was probably all kinds of fun on the set. Am I right? You know, people running around in masks and prosthetics. It had to be a fun time overall. It was a blast, especially in the makeup trailer. We'd always, like, make fun of each other. Or you walk in there and there's, like, random ears and noses and feet parts. You're like, what is happening? And um, I remember <laughs> I, I got to keep my ears and my nose on the sets because we have multiple sets of prosthetics. And I wanted to keep mine. They gave them to me. And it's just silly. And, like, yeah, you're walking around and there's you go around the corner and there's a goblin and he's eating a sandwich. And you're like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> Just their feet are done and their face is halfway accomplished. You're like, what's happening? So it's very surreal. Well, you know, I guess, and then watching that film, too, you know, I mean, so many people now, that is, you know, it, it, it has its own fan following in terms of a franchise. So I guess with that, you know, did you think that Halloween Town High would have such a, I guess, a huge following all these years later? No, you know, I still get recognized and I'm older now. And it's the funniest thing. I was 17 when I so much. And I get recognized a lot for as Natalie the Troll, which I, you know, usually type the musical or one of the other movies I've done, but it always catches me off guard in a way. They're like, oh, no, you're Natalie the Troll. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I am. Um, because it, it, we, you know, we had a fun time making it, but no one expected it to be this thing. And it definitely did become kind of this little animal of its own that people love, and I'm really blessed to have been a part of it. 
Well, you know, and it is one of those that is a staple, you know, for the season now. You know, I show it to my children, things like that. And I guess with that, moving forward to another franchise, of course, like you just touched base upon, in High School Musical, which there's no doubt about it, it was a phenomenon. You know, it was the kind of thing where... Here you have this Disney Channel movie, just like many before it, but it just blew off the charts. I guess, um, one, how did you land that role? And two, did did it really catch the entire cast, yourself and everybody off guard at how popular this thing turned out to be? No, it definitely changed all of our lives. As you can tell, it's been, I think, oh, geez, five years now since the last one. And uh, when we were shooting it, we I remember doing the cafeteria scene, and we all kind of looked at each other like, wow, this is kind of special. Because the energy was so kinetic and it was, it was so beautiful, they were like, wow, I hope people like this. But you think, like, you just want a couple of people to watch the movie and like it. You don't think that, like, oh, millions of people are going to watch around the world and love it. Um, so, no, I don't think any of us knew what we were actually getting into, but we were all incredibly lucky and incredibly blessed to be part of this, this once-in-a-lifetime, again, um, kind of thing that just kind of empowered all of us. And I auditioned like a normal audition. I went in and Kenny Ortega was there and I was like, oh, hi. But I dressed up as Kelsey. I dressed up and had glasses on and I kind of gave myself a nerdy outfit. And he's like, he just made me fall over and over again. That first scene where Kelsey's introduced falling at the piano with all the the sheet music flying in the air. He made me do it over and over. And I was like, uh, I I honestly didn't take it very seriously. Because at this point, it was like my fifth movie for Disney Channel or something. So I was like, oh, yeah, Disney Channel movie. I'll make one. It'll be fun. That's kind of what I did every summer. And, um... But I remember at the, at the, like, the next day, I woke up and my knees were all bruised from falling. I was like, and I got the phone call, like, you booked it. And I was like, great. wasn't aware of what I actually got myself into. It was more just like a fun project with cool people, and I love Disney Channel, so why not? Well, you know, and the kind of thing, like you said, you know, it, you had no idea that it was going to be so big. And I, you know, I attribute that to people still love musicals. And I think that is a big thing because people do love, you know, music and emotion and, and items like that. Now, when it comes to your character in the films, um, you know, I guess, was there one film or one thing that just really you're going to remember from, you know, from here to eternity that either happened on set, off set? doesn't make a difference just one of those things where that is going to be the one high school musical thing that you will always remember you know when you're 80 years old when i'm 80 years old probably (laughs) um the third the third installment when we did that live person wildcat we had a thousand extras and you know we all moved and it became a wildcat and we had the big crane shot and it was just one of those experiences where we don't get to do that in film very often anymore because we have no cgi and there's special effects so you don't you don't have to hire, um, you know, a thousand extras and have them all take dance classes and coordinate and do the move properly. That doesn't happen anymore. So that's the fact that I was allowed to be part of that process and to see it live is so beautiful and almost like awe-inspiring. Like where, you know, a thousand people can work together and make a piece of art that only lasts a couple of seconds but then eternity because it's on film. So I think that moment is one of the most memorable for me. Very cool. You know, and I guess many of our listeners, of course, people always relate to your character. You know, that's the one thing about movies is there's so many characters that there's always somebody to relate for everything. Um, Have you ever been approached by fans or anybody where, you know, they loved your character? They're like, you know, I was just like her, things like that, where, you know, it just kind of you're like, wow, all right. I did make a a bit of a difference in somebody's life. Yeah, all the time. Um. I do have a lot of people approach me or email me or, you know, tweet me or, like, I played your character in our play or 
you know, I felt just like your character that I did in the movies, like where I was kind of an outcaster, but not really, and I kind of floated through all the groups. And I just excited that people were able to, like, kind of make a friend with Kelsey and and maybe not feel so alone or be inspired or kind of see how the, the beauty of being kind of an outcaster like an outsider looking in, but also the fact that you have freedom with that. You can go into any group you want, and you're welcome, which I think that's what Kelsey was. She was a free floater that was just kind of everybody's friend. Um, and I, I love that people were able to relate to that and have a moment. It's sweet. It makes me very happy because it kind of makes me feel like I've fulfilled my dharma in life. You know, I made people smile and made people happy, which is a huge accomplishment for me. Definitely. You know, and I guess, you know, with that, our listeners had another question about high, high school musical before we move on, too, is, you know, how often do you ever come in contact with the cast and the crew? You know, do you guys ever, you know, get together here and there, you know, maybe have a barbecue or see each other out on the strip or anything like that? We see each other. Um, I'm closest to Lucas and Monique. And I see Asher with the same gym. So I see Ashley all the time just because we're working out. And um, I see uh, Monique about every six months. And well, she lives in New York. So we see each other about every six months. And then we uh, we have a powwow. We'll have like a dinner or a lunch. And we'll talk nonstop for like eight hours and catch up on everything we've missed out on. And then I see Lucas quite frequently because he lives here in Los Angeles. And it's the same thing. But, you know, we go to a lot of the same events. I'm not sure in the Disney family, as cliche as it sounds, you really are in a family. And so you can go months without seeing each other. It's like, oh, hey. But Hollywood's kind of a small town. So you run into the same, like, DPs or, you know, to the director that worked on a project that you worked on. So a lot of a lot of the projects I have worked on, it's like someone, so a costume designer, do the high school musical one or whatnot. So it's kind of fun. It's, you just run into them eventually. Very cool. Now, is that something, too, where if they were to approach you and say, hey, let's do a high school, uh, you know, high school musical reunion, you know, maybe it's the college years or after the fact in your life, would that be something you would definitely be up for? Uh, yeah, I don't think so because I don't know if Disney would do that. But and everyone has a different, like, schedule nowadays. And it's people don't understand that. It's actually really hard to get us all back together in a group because everyone's on a different shooting schedule as well as, you know, maybe Zach wouldn't want to do it or Vanessa wouldn't want to do it and it's going against, like, what they've already established. It's not that we don't wouldn't want to do, like, a reunion. I think we'd do, like, an hour special where we get to talk and hang out. That would be really fun. But to be in the future, I think just logically it would be really difficult. It would be awesome if, you know, like, reality wasn't involved. But realistically speaking, I don't think it's Well, you know, moving aside from that, too, you know, you've done a lot more than just High School Musical, Halloween Town. You know, you're an accomplished actress. So you've done a variety of different things like NCIS, many television spots. You know, you had Family Weekend with, uh, you know, Kristen Chenoweth and things like that. I guess, you know, working on television shows like NCIS and things like that, a little more dramatic, a little more, uh, you know, in-depth. Are those roles that you really like tackling now? And was there any television show that you've been a part of, you know, in the recent years that is one you were just excited to just be on set, even if it was for one episode, just one that you're like, all right, I finally, you know, I was finally able to make my way to that show. I did an episode of The Mentalist, and I was so overjoyed to do that show because I played a jockey, and a jockey that's framed for murder, and I got to ride this horse, and his name was X, and he was a stunt horse from, like, War Horse and all these incredible movies where they use animals. And I got to write this animal, this beautiful creature that's so well-trained. It knew where the marks were in new action. And I was like, wow. And to be 
kind of in that group, that that elite group that got to be on with this animal and to act on a horse and pretend to be a jockey, which is such a rare thing for an, for an actor to do, kind of an odd character, I was so happy to be part of that process. And that was only one episode, and I was, like, blown away. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing, though. You know, we've talked with many guests here on the show, and there's always that one show that they were just happy to be a part of. And The Mentalist is a fantastic show. I mean, it's one of those where it clearly has stuck with you. Now, I guess, you know, in pushing along here, many other projects that you've done, like I said, you know, so many different things on the horizon. Is there anything that you are you have coming up, whether that's voice work, on television, films, that you can clue us into, or are we just going to have to keep our eyes and ears open? We're going to have to keep your eyes and ears open. I'm tied to um, a new project coming up, but I can't talk about that yet. But I just, I'm on, there's a Samsung commercial right now that's playing for Samsung's new phone, and I'm the main girl on that. So you can see me on TV, like, in between your favorite shows. I'm trying to sell you an Android. It's <laughs> 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 funny and silly. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on film right now. So I said it's summer. It's very, like, independent film friendly right now, so... Well, you know, it's good to hear that, you know, so many different things on the horizon, so much stuff going on with you. You know, it's great to talk with you. Uh, you know, like I said, it, it, you are a staple in, you know, the Disney community. Like I said, many people have grown up with you now. Uh, you know, they're passing it down to their children. I know my eight-year-old daughter just now recently discovered High School Musical and loves it. It was fantastic, you know, chit-chatting with you and, you know, reminiscing a little bit. And then also all the things on the horizon. You have so many different things coming up along the pipeline. So I guess in closing, for all of your fans out there of all your work, everything you've done, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for anybody listening in? I would say, since I'm an overachiever, and I realized this later in my life, but go easy on yourself. I feel like sometimes we are so hard on each other and ourselves, thinking like we need to accomplish this or this by a certain time. And it's really okay to just give yourself a pat on the back and be like, I'm fine. Right now is good. And where I'm at is great. Thanks, Michael. I'll you there. <laughs> Very good words of wisdom. Well, it was our pleasure having you on, Alicia. You know, pleasure having you stop in. And, you know, anytime something's on the horizon, we're definitely going to keep our eyes and ears out for you and uh, hopefully have you back. Thanks once again for stopping in. Lovely. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Looking forward from Santa Stage to graduation day. It's time to get the future started. When we leave, when we take with us, no matter what, the song that we want to we learn to fly together side by side. Just hold the rest of my life. High school musical says we have to let it go. It's the best part we've ever known. Step into the future. Hold on to high school musical. Celebrate where we come from. The friends who feel there are alone just fine. Improvisation without a script. No one's written it.
My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC-82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here for another edition here in the vault. I've got my dancing shoes on and my letter jacket ready to go because Olesia Roland is upstairs in the studio right now. Who are you asking? Kelsey, the shy little musical piano girl from High School Musical. So, get on those high school pins and put up your Zac Efron posters because we all know you have them, or Vanessa Hutchins, or whomever, and get ready as we get our head into the game as we discuss this week's Blu-ray review of High School Musical. This week I decided to go with the original High School Musical because, well, for one, I think it was my favorite of the trilogy. And I, from what I understand, they could go on forever. And quite frankly, they could. They are actually fun musicals to watch and enjoy with anybody. People who don't like musicals, people who do like musicals, people who want family-friendly films, people who just want to sit down and tune out. Sure, it's for everyone. Well, for those who haven't seen High School Musical, well, what's the movie about? Here's the basics. Troy is the jock of the high school. Strong, well-bodied, good all-around kid. During vacation, Troy meets Gabriella. And what, is he, what do most kids do in that, that time frame? Well, of course, they ski and do karaoke all weekend long. And as in good musicals, the two lovers must part, and they pine for one another in a very, well, dare I say, musical way. As fate would have it, Gabriella suddenly appears at Troy's high school. Everybody's happy, but as things go, Gabriella's used to seeing Troy in that more sensitive side, whereas his best friend Chad, played by Corbin Blue, is used to seeing more of the jock side. So of course, Troy is battling quite heavily with this throw in a little bit of mean-spirited bullying between the Evans twins, Sharpay and Ryan, played by Ashley Tisdale and Lucas Gabriel. Again, you round out the cast. And magically, in the musical senses, they get into the musical, everyone makes up, everyone's happy, and through Kelsey's touches of the keys, joins them together, and we have one grand high school musical. That's the movie in a nutshell. Granted, there are a bit of plot twists and a little bits of fun here and there, but all in all, High School Musical is that just that, high school with a little bit of music. So if you're interested in getting this Blu-ray, which I actually uh, have seen it on and have, uh, dare I say, actually own, is actually really, looks really good. You really can't say much for the sound or the audio quality of, of this Blu-ray, only because, well... It came from the direct source, so it's going to be just as beautiful and just as great as you saw it. As long as you watched it in HD, you're going to see it right there in the same way. What the binding agent to buying this DVD is actually all of the extras. And out of the three movies, the original has the better of the features. Well, what are you going to get? Well, of course you're going to get the movie in its Blu-ray entirety. The sing-along, which is probably my favorite part to the whole movie. Um, most people get tired of me doing sing-alongs to most Disney films. This is no exception. 
some great documentary or behind-the-scenes footage, so to speak, of bringing it all together, a high school musical reunion, and learning the moves, which is actually a more popular Blu-ray feature than I anticipated. Every dance gets taught to you by the cast, and quite frankly, it's a lot of fun if you're into kind of getting the gang together just to have a little bit of, uh, well, a goof-off time. Since this was a Disney Channel original movie, of course, it does have a little bit of the things that came along from the Disney Channel. So you've got the dance-alongs as well as the Hollywood premiere, and then, of course, each music video for each piece of music throughout the movie. Again, it's a pretty jam-packed DVD when it comes to extras, especially for those who really love the entire cast. Again, Vanessa Hutchins and Zac Efron became pretty big stars thanks to this musical, and quite frankly, those supporting them are equal stars. Without the entire cast, this musical would not have made it in my eyes. So, if you're interested or want to get back in the game of things, go ahead and purchase High School Musical. It's a lot of fun, really, and it takes you back to, well, a simpler time when anybody could break into song and anybody still have fun. Well, gang, it's time to say goodbye to you and all my company, but that's okay because next week we will be back with another Blu-ray extra that you will not want to miss. So, until then, put your dancing shoes on, watch a little High School Musical, and always remember... The magic of Disney movies is always inside of you. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again, and thank you, Alicia, once again for stopping in here at the show, taking that time out of your schedule to talk about High School Musical, Halloween Town High, and many other classics, and of course, answering that question that all the fans are asking, will we ever see a reunion? So thank you once again, and we're going to keep our eyes and ears peeled for you everywhere, all over NCIS, many other television shows, and more. And thank you once again, Alicia, for taking the time and stopping in here this week. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Lexi, Aaron, Jason, Paige, and Nathan, all for stopping in here this week. Thank you for stopping in and adding your signature segments. You definitely make the show magical for all the D-heads out there. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com. And finally, and most of all, thank you, the D-heads. Without you, there would be no show. Thank you for tuning in every single week, loving this show, spreading the words, and being an official D-head here at Disney On Demand. Thank you for tuning in and just sharing in the magic from your lifetime of Disney. So, all of you D-heads, before I let you in as to who's going to be here next week for show number 81, as we get that much closer to Summerween, I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our lifetime of Disney player, the latest news blogs, and more, right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook 
at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, B-L-U. And remember, you can always connect up with us right there on the official website at Diz Radio, where we have links to all of these social media outlets, our Magical Memories hotline, and more. So you can always find all this, all the links, and more right there on our homepage. And remember, you can always subscribe to our show in Stitcher Radio and iTunes and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your iPad, your tablet, your Android, right there with the latest show to enjoy. So, all of you D-heads, with all that out of the way, I know you're wondering just who is going to stop in for show number 81, where we're going to dive deep. Yes, we're going to go deep down, maybe have the dream come alive, maybe search for something that has only been a mystery. Yes, we are heading down to Atlantis, the Lost Empire, as we're going to welcome Claudia Christian to the show. Yes, Claudia Christian, who played the role of Helga Sinclair in Atlantis Lost Empire. She was also the lieutenant and commander on Babylon 5 and many other classics. And Claudia is going to stop in and talk about what it was like working with a cast like Michael J. Fox and many others in Atlantis. Some great stories from many conventions she's attended and her charity work. So get ready as we're going to have Claudia Christian stopping in here at the show. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, we're going to close it out. We had fun going back to those high school musical days. So, I'm just going to close it out like I always do. As I'm packing up, I'm getting ready to go camping again here this weekend. As we get busy, as times get crazy, as we continue to work so often and so much every single day, never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, I'll catch you online.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.